Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, uh, FM translator, by the way. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is uh, the Michael Duke Show. Hi. Thursday, 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 Thursday. One more day until my weekly therapy session, <laughs> my weekly therapy session um, which happens uh, tomorrow. That's Firearms Friday. Uh, on the program tomorrow, J.D. Tuchilli from Reason Magazine will be joining us, and we'll be chatting with him about uh, all the good stuff. Uh, he's got a good article out recently about the uh, effects uh, of the administration and the ATF on gun dealers and other things. We're going to talk about that stuff as well. And that's all coming up tomorrow on the program, as well as Willie Waffle. So it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun show, uh, no matter which way you slice it. Today on the program, we're continuing our candidate uh, discussions, our candidate interviews and candidate forms. And uh, we're going to uh, start off here in hour one with Jamie Allard, who is running for House in District 23 in the Eagle River area. And uh, we'll get uh, we'll get her take on everything that's happening and what she's doing leading up to Election Day. Uh, we'll talk with her. And then uh, in our two, we're going to chat with Libertarian candidate for Congress, Chris Bai, will be joining us, uh, rejo- rejoining us, I guess I should say, on the program. Chris has talked to us a couple, three times already, and we're looking forward to... Uh, Looking forward to having more conversations with him as the only uh, libertarian uh, in the congressional race. It should be an interesting discussion, to say the least. So that's uh, coming up on today's program. But we've got a lot more happening. And uh, we're going to be talking um, a little bit here about the elections and school closures and, man, everything else. It's kind of... It's kind of crazy out there. Special thoughts going out to the folks on it on Alaska uh, this morning who are listening to the program down there in Dutch Harbor and on Alaska. Uh, the closure of the uh, both the king crab season and the snow crab season has really put them in a uh, in a serious bind. And I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm thinking about you and that that is a tough tough situation. The closure uh, in October of the Bristol Bay Red King Crab and the Bering Sea Snow Crab season uh, is estimated right now on top of the two past two years of lost revenue and declining harvest uh, is going to, well, they said the, the according to uh, Frank Kelty, who's the fishery consultant for the city of Unalaska, it's going to reach nearly a billion 
dollars in losses for the crabbing industry and the regional business sector. And of course, there's a trickle down effect there. You know, you got a bunch of boats who are, you know, parked in the harbor or went home and that's 60, 70 boats not buying fuel. They're not buying groceries. You know, they're not fishing. They're not contributing money to the local economy. And it's a tough deal. That's all I got to say. So anyway, folks, uh, my uh, I'm thinking about you. I'll just put it that way. My, I'm thinking about you as you go out there in uh, Alaska and Dutch Harbor. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, what else have we got here on the um, – uh, what else have we got here going on on the – ooh, gosh. Wow, I did not send mm, – uh, oh, I did. Okay. I was just going to say, I did not send the invites to the guests this morning. Uh, it was just a window popped up and I'm like, did I not hit send? Did I not? You know, it's what happens when you get, you get older. You can't remember what happened 12 seconds ago, let alone, uh, 10 minutes ago. Um, all right. So good. Those are all, those are all good. All right. Let's, um, Let's look at the what's happening in the in the election around the state of Alaska. Uh, oh, actually, first I should before I I guess before I get too far ahead of myself and dive into the politics, I don't want to interrupt the flow. Uh, for those of you who missed it, there was a, uh, a couple of active shooters reported yesterday at high schools in both Fairbanks and in Eagle River. Um, the Anchorage Police Department said a caller stated there was an active shooter at Eagle River High School at about 1.34 p.m. And in Fairbanks, just a shade before 2 p.m., so about 20 minutes later, there was another 911 call that uh, someone reported an active shooter at Lathrop High School. Police agencies in both areas went to the, uh, went to the schools and uh, started a door-to-door search. Um, the students in Eagle River were immediately put in stay-put mode, which means that the students and staff remain inside the classroom. And uh, they cleared the building, verified that there was no threats, and uh, they were able to uh, um, they were able to release the students at their normal time in Fairbanks. Students at Lathrop, uh, Ryan Middle School, Hunter Elementary, and Barnett Magnet Schools were all placed in lockdown, and they let all of those kids uh, go, or the lockdown was removed at about 2.20. So about 30 minutes is what it took for them to clear everything else. This is a this is an occurrence of what we call those swatting incidents, and we've seen these across the country. Uh, we saw one here in Wasilla not too long ago. There was a Apparently, <clears throat> somebody at a coffee shop in uh, uh, in Wasilla thought it would be funny to call in an active shooter thing at the Target, which is across the parking lot, and uh, it caused a whole big – well, they didn't call it in. They posted it on Facebook and said, I can see this is going on. Oh, God, I hope everybody's okay. Turned out it was just, it was just attention-seeking. I don't know what it was. But that's definitely not something you want to. All these people got their kids in school and they see, turn to Facebook and see that there's a, you know, an active shooter at the school or people like me who have children who work in retail in that same mall area. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't understand. I do not understand the mentality of uh, we're going to call this. 
we're going to call this in the swatting uh, is what they call it uh, when they're making a prank call to nine one one to try and attract a large number of armed law enforcement or emergency responders or whatever. So anyway, uh, that took place yesterday, but nothing came of it. Okay, so good news there, I guess that part. But again, I just don't un- I don't understand the mentality of that. Other than it's the thrill of attention seeking, I guess maybe that's what it is. I mean that that's that it, I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy, but it, it's it's definitely not a uh, definitely not a, a a good trend, and it is a trend. We're seeing this across the country. There's been several schools that have had. Uh, hoax calls, and then of course the worst part is, is that you get a bunch, of, a bunch of hoax calls, and then you'll get that one call that's not a hoax. And uh, but they've been hit with so many hoax calls. Do they treat it for real? Do they treat it with the same urgency that they would on the previous ones? I don't know. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody is eventually going to get hurt. That's not going to be a good thing. All right. Um, you know, what is, what is the, um, what's driving people this election cycle? What is, what are, what are people being driven by? Um, are they more excited? Or are they less excited? There is a Quinnipiac poll that just came out and it's a less than a week to go before election day. And it is just as James Carvel said, it's the economy, stupid. That is the most urgent issue facing voters today. And in fact, 36% said it's inflation is the most urgent issue. That's nine points higher than the last poll, which was in August. Um, after inflation, concerns drop off dramatically. 10% are worried about abortion. That's the second most urgent issue for, uh, for Democrats. Uh, abortion was not a double-digit issue for either Republicans or independents, but it is uh, become a big deal now. It's uh, it's it, it the, and, but abortion is not on the minds of other voters. Now here's the breakdown: among Republicans, fifty-seven percent rank uh, inflation as number one, followed by immigration uh, at fifteen percent, which uh, I. Okay. Among Democrats, the top issues are abortion, 19%, inflation, 15%, gun violence at 14%, climate change at 10%, and election laws at 10%. But among independents, and again, I will remind you that there are more independents in the state of Alaska than there are either Democrats or Republicans combined. Among independents, inflation ranks first with no other issues reaching double digits. 41% are concerned about inflation. It's the economy, stupid. Right? More than half of Americans, 54%, say the price of gas and consumer goods is the economic issue that worries them the most right now. While 25% say the cost of housing or rent, 12% say the stock market, 5% say their job situation. So those are the economic issues that worry Americans. And amongst Americans and amongst independents, which I think is probably one of the most important 
sectors you need to be watching and looking at. Inflation is 41% with not a single other issue actually even breaking into double digits. It's the economy. Stupid. That's, that's what it's all about. Now, how enthusiastic are there? According to the Quinnipiac poll, half of the registered voters say that they're more motivated to vote than in past midterm elections. 7% say they're less motivated, and 50% say they're just as motivated as they were last time. But 52% overall are saying they're more motivated to go out there and make a change. Among Republicans, 60% say they're more motivated. Among Democrats, 51% say they're more motivated. And among independents, 47% say they are more motivated. So I don't know how that translates out in anything, but it ought to make an interesting, it'll make an interesting pie chart somewhere. Um, but again, I think that this shows, I mean, we're already seeing it, right? Uh, Les Guerra, Bill Walker, Mary Peltola, they're all talking about uh, abortion this, abortion that. They are hitting on the hot button issue of Democrats. The top issue is abortion, 19%. Meanwhile, independence, 41%. Uh, inflation is their number one issue at 41%. And among Republicans, 57%. So while they're playing to their base, they're missing a huge chunk of the people who are out there uh, worried about the economy and other things. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in less than, what, five, six days now? Six days? Six days till Election Day. Well, that'll be interesting. Well, speaking of that, we've got candidates coming up. Jamie Allard's going to be joining us in just a minute. We will continue. It's your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Our light, our guide... And our trusted friend. Oh, okay. All right. Um, hi, how are you guys this morning? I am very excited, says David. Very excited. Also super nervous. Okay. Um... I'm going through here. Um, I'm sorry. Kelly's talking about what? Why would the police officer lie to me and say they were chasing a guy and he ran into the school with a gun? Then it's a hoax. I I don't know. Uh, the Lathrop scooter was a hoax. I mean, it's I wasn't there, but that's what I tell. Uh, Bill Bill Brock got some throttle therapy last night. Unfortunately, I don't think it was the throttle that he wanted. He plowed for two and a half hours. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Six to seven inches of fresh snow. Oof. Yeah, we got a couple inches here. I was hoping that we could go just another week without any more significant snowfall. 
I mean, oof. I mean, oof. All right. Uh, Interesting. All right. uh, That's it. Oh, Kyle started off the show. I didn't even notice this. Kyle started off the show sitting by a warm fire, drinking coffee out of his six o'clock club mug. Good morning. Good morning, Kyle. That sounds perfect. I mean, do you think the IRS would look uh, 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 obligingly at me if I decided that I wanted to build a fireplace in my studio? I mean, you know, you don't think that they – I mean, I'm on video, right? I got to show how warm and cozy – that would be just so cool. Just a little fireside crackle behind me. That would be – I don't know how – I don't know how I would feel. That would be fun, though. That would be, yeah, just sitting here by the fire. Oh, good morning. We're just sipping coffee here and having interviews with, mmm, coffee. (laughs) Oh, wow. They got uh, 11 inches of snow at Kisilov. I heard that that system that was coming in was going to absolutely dump. That's what I heard this morning or <clears throat> in the in the thing. Um, all right, I'm sorry. I gotta gotta make sure that I have got. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, This morning's interview. Okay. It's one of the few things that I'm not good at, and that is typing and talking at the same time. We have a fuel barge tied off in the mouth of our river in the shoreline of the bearing to get a beat on all winter. All right. There was four school buses in the ditch of Kisilov yesterday morning. What, did everybody forget how to drive? I mean, I will admit, coming out of Anchorage last night, it was it was a little <clears throat> it was a little gnarly. Um, I will say that. <laughs> and no, I'm not driving today. I'm working from home today. That's the beauty of being the boss. I can say, you know what? I'm working from home today. All right. Um, as long as there's no burn bans. Um, oh, they got the TV fires. Laura says I could, I've got the, oh, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. Do I just put a, do I just put a TV behind me and let it flicker with the log fire and just run that on repeat all the time? I mean, you know, full disclosure, I do that. Um, uh, uh, I do that in my office in Anchorage. I have a big TV on the wall that I use for when we're doing presentations or having meetings or stuff, I got a big, you know, whatever it is, 50 inch TV on the wall. And when nobody's around and I'm just working all day, especially when it starts to get Christmassy, I play that fire all day long. I just play that, just click the crackle of the thing. All I'm missing is the woof of wood smoke. It's all I'm missing. Uh, all right. Well, I uh, haven't seen Jamie jump into the thing yet. We'll see what goes on here in just a second. The Michael Duke show, common sense radio.
Okay. Well, um, I'm waiting for Jamie Allard to uh, connect to the thing here. But uh, let's see. She not responded to my email. And she hadn't responded to my text message. So the, the listeners and I were just discussing the pros and cons of installing a fireplace into my studio uh, because I thought, well, that would be kind of fun. I mean, I'm sure it would be messy and ugly and everything. But then somebody said, well, just put one of those big, you know, put a TV behind you and play one of those fire, you know, the fireplace videos or whatever, which is great, except for I missed the 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 wood smoke scent, you know, just a little bit. You don't want it to be smoking out the whole thing, but. And then somebody said, well, there's a candle for wood fire scent. So I apparently have no excuse not to put a big TV behind me in the studio and make it sound like uh, or make it feel like I'm actually, uh, you know, doing that. All right. Let's um, let's go over to the phones here and see if we can reach Jamie Allard via telephone instead of with the video link that we normally are going to do. And. Um, I don't have a, I don't have a, I'm not feeling, Hi, you've reached Jamie I'm not feeling optimistic about that. Okay. Well, um, so maybe it's just uh, you and me this morning for the first, <laughs> for the first hour. Maybe that's where we're at. Um, Jamie Allard was supposed to be joining us this morning. And, uh, of course we, we, uh, I mean, I set this up like two and a half weeks ago, so I don't know. Is that, is it, is, can I sidebar? Sure I can. That's my name. I could sidebar anywhere I want. You know, I notice this a lot, especially working, um, you know, in, in business and trying to make appointments with clients and things like that. You know, one thing I notice: if you make an appointment longer than three or four days out, people just. They, they, they will, they just never show up. Or when you show up, they look surprised when you showed up, when you were going to meet them and you set the appointment five days ago, right? Four, five, six days ago, two weeks. I mean, it's insane. It is. They, they don't remember your name in two weeks. I don't know if that's just a, a, a recent phenomenon or what, but I've noticed it. In fact, I've told, uh, I've told some of my employees, I said, when you're making, when you're making appointments, do it on a Friday and don't go beyond the next Wednesday because nobody's going to remember you. I mean, I just use Google calendar. It's just, it's, you know, it's, I just, I type in their name, type in their email address, put it all in and hit set the account and they have to accept it. It's right there. It, it dings them when it's ready, Right. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, am I still working out of my closet? This is a high-speed studio. Uh, this is not a closet. This is a high-speed studio. Now, it may be the size of a closet. I mean, it's four by eight and a half. But it is still a studio. All right. Um, well, since it doesn't look like we're going to um, have Jamie joining us, which is uh, unfortunate, <clears throat> I guess. 
what should I do? Should I just talk about what I want to talk about or should I open the phone lines up? I feel like opening the phone lines up. You know, I just, I feel like that's, I feel like that's a better, uh, I, I just, I would love to interact with you guys. Just love to interact. And so if I can get the phone system to actually launch properly, hey, look at that. We'll get it going on here. I'll try not to blast you out. Boom. Okay. So the phone system is now launched and, uh, I guess I will get things squared away. So if you want to call this morning, guess what? There's one way to do it. All you got to do is give us a shout. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. And we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Man, it's it's like we've had so many guests on we haven't had that we haven't had that uh, full day of uh you know, open lines or anything else. So it's good to give you guys a chance to talk about whatever it is that you want to chat about here on the old radio program. Oh, so here I am. I'm all alone. Okay, I got it. Phone lines are all up, and uh, we're all alone by the telephone. Whatever it is that you want to chat about, now's the time to do it again, 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you and see uh, what it is that uh, you have to say. Um. Did you see this comment from Lieutenant uh, from uh, Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer? He said on Wednesday that he's satisfied with the state's ballot counting process and that uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, that they're working to keep everything secure and make sure that there's no voter fraud and do all this kind of stuff. Um, and he said that they have uh, that they've done everything uh, that they have. Uh, he said state agencies have received reports of cybersecurity concerns coming from Russia, but that his biggest frustration is that the domestic misinformation over voter fraud is helping foreign actors undermine voting systems. He said they uh, what what was the AP story? Um, they said, oops, wrong one. Sorry, I got two two stories here. He's satisfied with the with the ballot counting process. Says there's no plans for a statewide hand count audit of the race. Um, the which of course you because you can't possibly. It would be so incredibly complex this ranked choice voting thing to try and count it by hand. That's part of the problem, right? Uh, Republican overseas elections in Alaska after the 2020 general election. Meyer announced plans for an audit of votes on a statewide ballot initiative, that was ballot measure number two, the ranked choice voting, and he cast the audit as a way to address questions that have been raised about the validity of election results tied to the voting machines. And the audit affirmed the initiative's passage. He says that with that review, election officials were able to show that the machines work correctly. And to him, that means that it's uh, that it's he's satisfied with the process and that there's enough checks and balances in place that if something isn't quite right, they'll catch it. But that they won't, they aren't planning on a hand count because, from what I understand, a hand count is nearly impossible. I mean, that's the thing. They, they, the hand count is nearly impossible with the multiple choices, the four different candidates and the ranking and everything else. It is, um, I mean, it's a hot mess. So, I guess no big surprise. Um, uh, that's, that's no big surprise right there. Um, okay. Uh, what else? What other stories did I had laid up here? Um, again, you could see, you, you could see, uh, 
Guerra and Walker's rank choice strategy. There's an article uh, by uh, uh, in the ADN uh, by three different folks here in the ADN talking about their kumbaya campaign strategy. Have you seen all these pictures? I mean, it's, you know, Les Guerra and Bill Walker, arms around each other, patting each other on the back, saying, I'd still be the best, but vote for my buddy here, number two, and everything else. And uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> That it's a it's a little spooky because they understand. Uh, here's the quote from here's the to me one of the money quotes from this article out of the ADN. I'll post this uh, I'll post this story up in the chat room if you want to go back and take a look at it. Um, but the uh, story in the ADN this is the money quote before the event even began. And I think he was talking about the candidate form that they were attending before the event even began. Uh, Walker said, considering how to earn second choice voters is, quote, the secret sauce of ranked choice voting, unquote. Yeah. Second place is what you really, really, really want. Because then it doesn't matter if you don't get first place. If you are second place on everybody's ballot, you win. That's the that's the beauty of it. And. um so that's what this whole thing is about. This whole kumbaya moment, you know, the the grandstanding between Les and Bill on the stages. The fact that they released a joint ad with Jessica Cook and Heidi Dragas, uh, taught, you know, sitting side by side and saying, you know, th- I mean, that's just stuff that you just don't necessarily see. Um, but they're doing it so they can get that one and two vote back and forth. Which why it, which is why it is so important, and I actually put out a video on this uh, yes day before yesterday. I put out a video about this on YouTube, and it's a little tiny short video, and it just it ex- it explains why you should not be bullet voting, right? That's the whole thing. It it it, it explains why you should not be bullet voting at all. And, uh, and there's a reason for this folks. Let me, uh, I got to copy this. Uh, I want to copy this little link here, um, for folks to uh, copy because I want to put this back in the chat room. This is the reason why, um, we do not rank, we do not rank only one candidate. What, what Walker and Guerra are doing right now is exactly what needs to be done for ranked choice voting. So if you're planning on voting for uh, Charlie Pierce, which I know many of us are, you must, 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 must still vote for Mike Dunleavy as your second choice. Now, you could do whatever you want. I'm, I'm just telling you this is my advice. Because otherwise, again, looking at that Quinnipiac or not the Quinnipiac uh, poll, it was a uh, uh, Dittman. It was a Dittman research poll. You know, Mike Dunleavy at 47, Bill Walker at 25, Les Guerra at 23. That's 48 people, 48 to 47, their combined votes. 5% for Charlie Pierce. But that 48% for Walker and Guerra, meaning if everybody kumbayas and votes for the other guy second, 
that would be Dunleavy by one point. If nobody ranks, if everybody, you know, people who are voting for Charlie don't rank that second point. You can't not do it, is what I'm saying. I mean, I suppose you can, but you shouldn't. All right, let's uh, let's go over here to the phones and see what uh, you guys have to say. Uh, we got time for a call here before we run out the uh, run out the daylight here on this part of the show. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Alan from uh, Delta Junction. Good morning, Alan. What's on your mind? Hey, your uh, Nick Begich uh, interview yesterday was great. I, you know that guy really sounds great. You know, but I got a question for you. You need to convince these older Alaskans uh, because they don't like his parents or his grandparents. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? And then they don't like him. You know what I mean? It follows through. And I don't understand that because he's kind of, it sounds like more of an economist type of person that what Alaska needs, they need somebody to punch numbers instead of somebody that says drill, baby, drill. Right, right. No, I mean, he's a great candidate. And like you said, and like I said yesterday, <clears throat> one of the biggest stumbling blocks for him is his name. People hear baggage and they immediately think, oh, he's the bad baggage. But I mean, how many people do you know, Alan, that uh, that have parents that were completely opposite of them? You know, either parents who were completely liberal and the kid turned out to be a conservative or completely conservative and the kid turned my out to be a brother, liberal. That's my brothers and sisters. This is what I don't understand. My dad was a Marine and they're just totally opposite what what he stands for. I don't I don't understand them. Yeah. So I don't un, you know what I mean? And I, Alaskans need to look harder at Nick because drill baby drill ain't going to do it for us. Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw a Palin ad last night on, uh, I think it was on YouTube, and uh, and it was, you know, it was just a cutesy, childish ad. It didn't really, you know, I run on girl power kind of thing, and I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for from a candidate. I'm not looking for I run on girl power. What I'm looking for is substantive stuff. She like, proved it to yeah. us. She proved it to us on the debate. A vote for Palin is a vote for Patola. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will still rank Palin, but she will be down at the bottom of my ranking. Let me put it that way. And Peltola won't get ranked at all. So there you go. Yeah. All right, my friend. You need to. You need to. Go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. I need to what? You need to. You need to get. You need to get the Nick Begich more across. You, you need. You know. That's what I think. People, these older Alaskans need to just look at them harder. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree that they need to look beyond the name and look at the substance. That interview yesterday was one of the deepest dives we've done with Nick, and I think it was, I think it was exemplar of what he would bring to the office. And I think it's what we need. Uh, you know that kind of that kind of ideas. And we'll know. I think Chris By brings some of the same stuff. I agree with you well. on that, hundred so, percent. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. We are up against the break, so we're going to take that real quick. And we will be back here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can come out and join us on Facebook. 
where we're hanging out and talking in the chat room, facebook.com slash Show slash live. We shall return in just a moment to your home for Common Sense Radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um. Um. What? One more. Sorry, I just caught this comment, and I don't know what it was in regards to, but uh, Brian just said, One morning, 25 to 30 below, our kids were homeschooled, but bowing up against homeschooling. So I hauled them out at 6.30 and drove them down to the road to see the kids waiting for the bus to the government schools. That fixed the problem. Hello. Yes, my friend. Hello. Uh, Mike Shower said earlier this month that if Nick Baggage's last name was Johnson, he'd already have won. I don't disagree with that. I really don't. I think you're probably right. I think that he he would be the obvious candidate in many ways, especially for mainstream for mainstream Republicans and conservatives. Um, I mean, I'm still voting for Chris Bye, but that's just me. And then I'm ranking Nick. And then I'm ranking Sarah down at the bottom. <laughs> that's how I'm ranking it. Chris, Nick, Sarah. Why? Because if Chris doesn't make it, then my votes go to Nick. Boom. Right there. Um, uh, let's see. All right. Let me go back over to the phones. Uh, whoops. Nope. They left. Uh, they were there, but they left. Uh, Brian said that was the deepest dive you've had with any candidate in as long as I've been listening to you. Oh, that's not true. I mean, it was a deep dive. Don't get me wrong. But I've I've interrogated candidates that deep before. But it was deeper than, than uh, some of the glossy surface stuff that we've done uh, in the past. I will agree with that. Um, okay. Um, China Bill was on Problem Corner. He said he, he is right, she is left, and they will be able to meet in the middle. I was screaming at the radio. Is he talking about his, his, his running mate? Is that what he was talking about? He is right and she is left. I mean, he is left and she is further left would probably be the one about there. Has anyone asked Nick about Earth Pulse Press? No, I saw this commentary about uh, he being a part of the – this is a publishing house that his dad has published books in and stuff, right? And that he was making money um, from that. I didn't ask about any of that um, because I didn't think it was really relevant, quite honestly, Morris. Um, uh, yeah, vote for Chris. This is, this is kind of my strategy. Vote for Chris by first. If he can't, if he really can't win, what have you got to lose? I mean, again, that's the benefit of ranked choice voting. I still get to vote for my favorite candidate, even if they, I mean, I always voted for my candidate anyway, even if they did lose, but you know, now I get a chance to vote for both. Now I get a chance to vote for both. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Hey, I posted that uh, I posted that link up to that video. 
I'm going to post it again. Uh, would you guys go over to YouTube and share this with your with your folks? We need people to see this video. And I'm going to do another one today, another short. I'm going to do a bunch of little short videos here in the days leading up to the election because this is the important stuff. And I've got to, I'm trying to figure out how to concise everything down to 60 seconds because that's what they have to be for YouTube shorts. But uh, I, I mean, I, I want people to understand how this ranked choice voting things work, that you have to hold your nose even if it's a candidate that you then you want. Yeah. Uh, Brian says, yeah, which happened more often than not, my candidate, my candidate always loses. All right. I mean, it's almost always the person that I vote, but I don't care because I still don't feel like it was a wasted vote because I voted my conscience and that's what I did. Uh, I liked Nick's comment that math wins. Yeah, man, I used to say arithmetic don't lie. So those two go hand in hand. Math wins and arithmetic don't lie, right? You can, you cannot, you cannot do that. Um, in fact, I should put that on the back of that t-shirt. Did you guys see the t-shirt that I was putting together that says, just say no to government dough. And on the back, I should put math wins and arithmetic don't lie. That's what I should, that's what I should put on there. Con con form tonight with Rob and Kevin McCabe. That's downtown, right? Downtown Anchorage, Kevin. That's where that is. Um, Listeners also need to share your interview uh, with Nick and point out why he should be number one, said uh, Cindy. You know what? That's what I'll do. I'll put together another video that talks about rank choice again and say this is the same argument we were just talking about with governors, but now we're talking about Congress. And here's go check out my interview, you know, and go check out the interview with Nick Baggage on it. That's what we should do. Lusack Library, downtown tonight, Rob Myers, Kevin McCabe. They're, they're rounding up and closing out the argument over the con-con. So go check it out. Um, Wills de Martin. Will, oh, it's the Will de Marston 730 tonight. Wills de Martin Library. Okay. That's it. I think we got. Uh, so anyway, yes. Yeah, so share the short. And then, uh, Cindy, I'll put out a second video today about ranked choice voting with that one. And we'll get back to that, okay? All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hello, and uh, welcome. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We were supposed to be talking with uh, Jamie Allard in this uh, in this segment. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's, uh, I mean, the whole thing is, I'm making sure that, yes, yes, yes. Okay, um, well, that's uh, that's how it works. That's how it works. All right, so we got one 
one more segment here before we run out of daylight. Coming up here on the next hour, in the next hour, is Chris Bai, who is the Libertarian candidate. And he's been running hard. He's been running a good campaign. Um, you know, we all know that uh, there are underdog candidates. And, and, you know, out of the top four of the rank four, you know, top four voters, Chris is... Um, you know, he's at the bottom with the fewest number of points out of the primary. But he's still running this campaign like it is, uh, you know, he's in it to win it. In it to win it. So I'm happy to give him a little airtime and talk about these ideas and these views. I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, to talking with uh, him tonight uh, as well. Also, a reminder that tonight at the Marston uh, Library, the Wilda Marston Library tonight at 730 uh, is going to be the um, discussion about the Constitutional Convention. It'll be Kevin McCabe, Representative Kevin McCabe, and Senator Rob Myers will be there for the final bite at the apple, so to speak, of, uh, all, the, uh, of all, the, all the discussion on the CONCON, why you should vote for the uh, for the constitutional convention so that's going to be going on tonight it's also going to be live streamed um but uh, and taped but it's always better if you can be there in person that's always a good chance uh, as well uh all right we uh since we didn't have a guest i opened up the phone lines and we're seeing what you guys have to say so let's go over to the phones and we'll chat with you over here good morning who's this where are you calling from Morning, uh, Bob uh, Fairbanks. Hello, Bob Fairbanks. What's happening? I'm about to. Uh, I'm about. I'm about to lose you on this little cell coverage down here, but I wanted to make sure for certain. Uh, I don't know why Dunleavy doesn't have a not wanted poster with that dividend feed uh, on the other side there. Bill Walker have a not and, uh, not wanted poster like that. Yeah, yeah. You need to have a wanted poster or not wanted poster with a picture of him. <laughs> TFD. Oh, that would be a classic poster, wouldn't it? I mean, just like an old fashioned black and white, you know, kind of a bad picture of uh, of Bill Walker. Uh, with with not wanted across the thing, PFD thief. Yeah, that would be a good uh, that'd be a good thing. Uh, just to continue to remind people that, uh, yeah, I mean he's he's doing a good job. I mean, I find it interesting to watch how Bill Walker continues to try and spin the PFD thing um, as he, you know, oh, I threw myself on the sword, I sacrificed myself for Alaskans, I did all these things, and um, you know, I I kind of find it interesting that. Uh, how he's trying to uh, how he's trying to to spin himself, so to speak, on those uh, on those issues. Um, it is uh, it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think a not wanted poster would be awesome, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure that I'm sure some of the talented folks in my chat room. I'm sure somebody there is. Has got some desktop publishing. Maybe somebody there can, uh, uh, maybe somebody there in the chat room can can doctor me up a picture uh, of that. Bill Walker, black and white, not wanted, PFD thief and scallywag. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. By the way, the same venue at the Wilder Marston Theater, 
uh, Wilder Marston Library Theater um, at 6 p.m., so an hour and a half before the CONCON debate, uh, there will be a congressional candidate forum, and both Chris By and Nick Baggage agreed to show up. So at 6 p.m., Chris By and Nick Baggage will get a – maybe they'll get a kumbaya together, right? I mean, because I'm voting for them both. I mean, that's who I would, you know, of all the candidates, the four candidates that are there, those are the people that, I, that, that would get my vote. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that. Chris By and Nick Baggage hold hands and come out singing Cokes and Rainbows, right? I'd like to teach the world to sing. I mean, they could do all that stuff. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> vote one, vote two. Vote vote one, vote two. Oh, the Wilda Marston Theater is at the Lusack Library. See, I don't I mean I've lived here for seven years and I've never been to the Lusack Library. So I don't even know what it's what the breakdown is in there. I mean, I live in Wasilla, so I don't really, I don't really have an interest in doing. It. I've been to the Wasilla Library many times. Um, all right, uh, let's see. Anything else here that is important? Any other phone calls before we run up? Chris By is going to be joining us. Um, um, are going to be joining us here uh, shortly. Um, uh, Chris, it, yeah, on the next hour. That's what I meant. That's the word I was looking for. Was the hour. Good thing I talk for a living. That's all I could say. Yeah, lots of good uh, responses from yesterday's show uh, with Nick Baggage, and I'm glad to see it, and I hope he gets some more stuff. The $2 gas walker promise should be enough to let you know he's not truthful. Yeah, I mean, exactly. How exactly do you plan on paying for $2 gas? I mean, I bought gas yesterday. It was five sixty nine a gallon. Or five, I don't want to exaggerate. Maybe it was five forty nine a gallon. It was up well over $5 a gallon, okay? Let's just, you know, $5.49. Let's just say it was the lower of the two. So exactly, Bill Walker, how are you going to get $2 a gallon gas to Alaskans? Who's going to eat the other $3.49 of that gas? Right? You want $2 a gallon gas to Alaskans? Who else is going to pick up the tab for the $3.50 difference from what I paid for yesterday? Who's going to do it? Is it the state? Is it the is it the is it the you know the oil companies are supposed to pick it up? Is it the the uh, oh, the latest thing you saw you saw Bill President Biden threaten executive action against oil companies who didn't drop their prices? What? You want to talk about unconstitutional? Good luck with that. You're going to have you're going to what you're going to ex- issue an executive order that there'll be executive action against companies that don't drop their prices on oil because it's hurting you in the election. That's what you're doing. And Walker is Walker is the candidate of I will say anything to get elected. That's what he is right now. I am the candidate that will say absolutely, and you know what? And I'm disappointed because I used to be friends with Bill Walker. I helped advise him on his first campaign run back in the back in the day before he won for governor, before he ran that second time. I was doing everything I can because I thought this was a guy that I could believe in, and I'm so disappointed. You know, he got into bed and kumbaya with the Democrats, and then you know, the next thing you know, he's like, "Well, I'm pro-life, but I'm gonna, you know." I'm going to be pro-choice just because, you know, I'm still, I, whatever you say, the dividend. Are you kidding me? Really? I mean, 
Yeah, how are how exactly are you going to get two dollar gas and who's paying for it? Because you know what, I got a feeling that it's going to be my children's children who are paying for the two dollar gas today. I'll pay you tomorrow for a sandwich today. That's what it's all about. All right. Um, we got to go. Hour two, dead ahead. Chris Abai will be here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Wesley Mooch, uh, Wesley Mooch, uh, I don't know which one that, uh, Brian was saying who Wesley Mooch was. Who are you talking about? It, Wesley Mooch lives. That's a candidate. Uh, that's a, a, a character from Atlas Shrugged. He was a lobbyist. Of, he was a moocher. It was, he was definitely a hanger on living on the coattails. Biden. Yeah. Oh man. But I, I mean, I just, yeah, I love that when uh, Biden gets up there and rails against, uh, rails against, uh, you know, the MAGA Republicans and the whole thing and ultra violence, and then says uh, he's going to have executive action against companies that don't drop their prices to consumers. What? That's not how the free market works, man. That's not how the free market works. Are you going to mandate that they sell their product at a loss? So that you look good? Is that the point? Is that what we're trying to do here? I mean, is that what it is that what it's all about? Oh I don't know. Um Iris Samuels had a piece up here too about the could you see this the candidate's positions on abortion? You know, I think it's an issue, obviously, but I don't think it's an issue as big as most people say. Now, it might motivate a lot more Democrats to get out and vote or maybe mobilize them more. But I think that Republicans and independents are also mobile. Uh, you know, they're I don't know. I don't even know. I'm not even going to pretend to be able to, to predict any of this now. That's all I'm saying. Uh, whatever happened to Governor Walker's lieutenant governor candidate in the race eight years ago? He was a good guy. Craig. um not Craig Campbell. Um, God, I could see his face. Um, <laughs> I could see his face. Uh, former Marine. Um, Craig. Oh, I can't think of it right now. Anyway, good guy. Craig Fleener. There you go. Thank you, Michael. Craig Fleener. Um it was uh, it was a good uh, he was he's a good guy. Craig Fleener is a good guy, and he bowed out gracefully. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Biden promises to raise taxes as punishment on big oil if they don't quit profiteering from the war in Ukraine. Yeah, some candidates are floating the idea of a state-owned refinery from our royalty oil. I'm guessing that's Walker's plan, says Rob. Probably, probably. I mean, he never, he never really had concerns about um, 
having the state take over uh, and do some of those things. He never, he never had, he never really had a concern on that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, definitely concerned about that. Nick Baggage totally nailed it yesterday, says Jennifer. Yeah, he did a good job. Um, just think if all the Republicans rank for Chris, like we, like we libertarians rank for baggage. Yeah, no, wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be interesting if, uh, if, if, if in the end it was Nick and Chris, if it was Nick and Chris neck and neck, you know, uh, and let just think, just think what would happen if Chris by in the long run outranked Sarah Palin in number of number two votes. Just think about think about what that would do in the state of Alaska for the move for the independent and libertarian movement in the state of Alaska. Think about that in the in the long run, you looked at the candidates and you realized that Nick won, maybe Nick won, but that but but that Chris By got more second place votes than Sarah Palin. That was a that would have been interesting. Uh, to see, yeah, definitely be interesting to see. Um, okay. Rob Myers, just what we don't need a government run refinery. Yeah. Because government is so efficient in everything that it runs. All right. Uh, I'm just making sure that, um, I'm, I'm just making sure that, uh, I actually did send that email this morning because Chris has also not joined us quite yet. Yeah, I sent it. I sent it over an hour ago. Okay. Um, I'm just making sure, just making sure that uh, Chris should have gotten my email with a link. Let me, uh, uh, yeah, come in and meet, come in and meet Chris tonight. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. Uh, let me see. There we go. Uh, where we go right here. Uh, okay. Sent you a link. Are you, uh, joining, uh, question mark. Yep. All right. There we go. <sighs> okay. Where and when tonight at the Mar, uh, Wilda Marston theater inside the Lusack library, 6 PM, Chris by and Nick baggage, seven 30 in the same location. It is uh, the discussion on the Constitutional Convention with Kevin McCabe and Rob Myers. So, go, fly, be free, tonight, Wilda Marston Theater. Okay, well, uh, we're going to continue on here in just a second. Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. 
Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to you. Are you ready for another beautiful day here in the last great state in the Union? That's right. We're the last great state. We're the... We're the only great state. It's, it's so good. Uh, all right. Uh, today we're continuing. I don't know what's going on with today, but I am uh, dialing the phone right now um, for our next guest candidate, Chris By, who uh, is. Uh, uh, hello. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good, man. Uh, did you check your email? I sent you the link this morning and. Uh, I. I did, but uh, I'm not. I'm driving down the road, and these people are crazy down here, Mike. Uh, uh, Michael, I'm gonna pull in right here, and uh, I'll I'll uh, link in real quick. Okay, yeah. If you want to do that, I just want to make sure uh, what's going on. Yes, people in this uh, South Central area they can be a little crazy <laughs> when it comes to driving. It is. Uh, I love it. I mean, it's exciting and all, but uh, bang, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know you are taking your life into your own hands. I decided. <laughs> I decided that today I'm working from home instead of driving into Anchorage with three inches of snow and the fact that people have apparently forgotten what driving is. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sporty and I, you know, it's cool. I mean, uh, you know, I am an Alaskan. Yeah. It's cool. Taking your life in your own hands. I'm down with it. All right. We'll pull over and link in and, uh, and I'll put you on here in just a second. All right. So we're going to be joined by Chris, uh, by here in just a second. Chris is, uh, getting, uh, getting, uh, uh, ready to do that big debate tonight. It's a candidate forum at uh, the Wilda Marston Theater inside the Lusack Library. Uh, six o'clock, Nick Baggage and Chris By are going to talk uh, about uh, their campaigns. And then at 7.30 in the same location, it will be Senator Rob Meyer and Representative Kevin McCabe. They will both be in there to talk about the uh, positives of the Constitutional Convention. And so that's, again, going on tonight, uh, starting at 6, 6 for the candidate forum, 7.30 for the ConCon discussion at the uh, theater in the Lusack Library in downtown Anchorage. And, of course, it will be live streamed uh, and uh, recorded. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am, uh, uh, have, been, have been assured that that's what's going to happen here. All right. And uh, let's see, um, let's let's see what else we got going on here. All right, nothing else. We're getting ready to do it. Coming up on tomorrow's program uh, is uh, Firearms Friday. Uh, your chance to sound off on issues of a to a nature here on the program. We're going to talk about guns and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be fantastic. And. We're going to have, uh, as our special guest, uh, we'll be joined by uh, 
J.D. to Chile from uh, Reason Magazine, who's got a new article out um, on Reason. I'm linking over to Reason right now to make sure that I got the title of the article correct. Uh, J.D. to Chile uh, talking about um, the uh, – the new moves by the ATF and what the, and, and some of the things that are there's some crazy stuff going on. Let me just let me just put it let me just put it that way. There is some crazy stuff going on inside the ATF. Did you know that they have eliminated more uh, FFLs in the last um, in the last year than they did in the previous? Gosh, what was it? Six, seven, eight years combined. I mean, it's a, it's a lot. There is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things going on and shutting down ATF, excuse me, shutting down FFLs for a simple paperwork violation, which is one of the things that's happening is enough to just make you go, what, what? Yeah. So some crazy stuff. We're going to uh, we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow on Firearms Friday and be ready to uh, to go and discuss that uh, with uh, with him. Um, I hope that you are. Um, I hope that you have been listening to the discussions over the last couple of days, specifically about the mechanics of ranked choice voting. I had. Um, Somebody emailed me yesterday and said, hey, uh, I'm looking, um, uh, can you point me to the podcast from before the primaries that explained ranked choice voting? And so I, I went back in the archive and, um, um, and, and scrolled backwards until I found it. It's there in the, uh, there, there are, there are several different, uh, there are several different podcasts or different shows where we talked about ranked choice voting, but the one that I eventually linked to him uh, or to her, Tony, was uh, the one from January of this year, January the 20th of this year. And it is the podcast that specifically talks about uh, ranked choice voting, and it is our interview with Dr. Fred Van Bennecombe from the Great Brook Institute. And he talks about ranked choice voting. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to this discussion. Um, might I recommend that you go back and listen to this again? Again, you can find it on my podcast. You can go to my website and there's a whole list and you just keep scrolling backwards until you find it. You can go straight out to SoundCloud and you can do it. Um, or I will go ahead and drop a link um, into the chat room with a link to this podcast specifically. Um, and you can go back and listen to it, but it is the, it is the, the breakdown of ranked choice voting. And I just want to say, uh, that this is what we need to be paying attention. You may not be happy with ranked choice voting. You may not like it. It may not be, you know, you, you're just not excited about it, but we've got to play by the rules if we want to win. That's the bottom line. We have to play by the rules if we want to win. And this just shows us more than ever why that is important. Um, so, um, don't bullet vote. That's the first thing. Rank your choices. That's the second thing. Rank the red, or in my case, rank the yellow and the red, because I'm going to be, 
I'm going to be ranking this young man as the first uh, as the first candidate here on my uh, on my ballot, and that is my friend uh, Chris uh, Chris By, uh, who is uh, boy, that's a nice office you got there. Uh, it's it, you're you're hanging out, hanging out, doing your thing. Um, so we can. What was that? It's what we do. <laughs> it's what we do. Yeah, it's the best thing that we got going on. Chris By, uh, who is traveling from, uh, is traveling down from the interior for that big, uh, for the big uh, uh, forum you're doing tonight at six o'clock, right? So that's why you were traveling down uh, on the highways. Yes, sir. I, actually, we were uh, sign holding because soldiers go to work early in the morning, usually unless there's snow. Apparently, right. So we were out signs uh, out here, uh, Muldoon and uh, Sam's Club. And then we were down off of, uh, I forgot the other location, um, Boniface, somewhere yeah. down that way. We yeah. were putting signs. Right? So soldiers were coming in. There's one of us on the ballot, right? Right, so. right. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, well, Chris, it's been a while since we talked, and uh, and I wanted to give you one final bite at the apple before election days for sure. And uh, we're close. I mean, we're right there, right? I mean, we're five days away, ready to do it. So give us an update on the campaign. How have things been going? What's the reaction been? Uh, what are your thoughts as to watching, you know, as you watch all the other parties kind of squabble around, what are, what are yeah. your thoughts on the whole situation? Buddy, I'll tell you, uh, that um, forum that I did uh, that was on TV, I, I actually didn't think I did very well. Uh, in fact, I, uh, I, I tucked tail and ran um, to back home to Fairbanks. Uh, but the following day, uh, my phone uh, for 48 hours, my phone and email were just ablaze um, with not just reporters, but actual Alaskans thanking me for running. It it was beyond uplifting. That's all I'll say. Um, the myriad of phone calls. The number one complaint I got was that uh, I was too cool for a suit and tie. So <laughs> that was the complaint. You didn't wear a suit and tie. You can't, uh, you can't be my guy. You're can't wear, you're not wearing a suit and tie. That was it. That was it. So I, um, I did another interview, uh, for some of my hardcore supporters and I wore a suit and tie <laughs> because I can play the game much like ranked choice voting. Right. Like I, I understand the battlefield. So I just, I feel uncomfortable in them. So I always wear one and I take it off in front of the camera. It's always pretty entertaining. Right. But, um, it's stripped down to your shirt sleeves. Let's get down to this here. Let me get down to, I mean, that's worked for some candidates. I mean, let's face it, you know, the candidate's all gussied up and then takes off his coat, rolls up his sleeves, loosens his tie and says, let me be real frank with you. You know, I mean, that's it, 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 it works with a lot of people because, you know, there's a huge section out there that has never worn a suit and doesn't care to. So that's who, that's who you're reaching out to. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely correct, buddy. And, uh, you know, and some of the comments were like, hell yeah, I'm voting for that guy. He isn't wearing a suit. You know? So that's eh, a mixed bag, right? Right. So uh, for everybody that complained, there are probably two people that went, hey, he's one of us. It, that is correct. Uh, you know, and I, I think uh, I pushed, I, I hope I didn't come across as condescending when all these people started calling, but they wanted to push money. But, you know, honestly, Michael, by, by now, I don't want to be that guy who's adding to the landfill, you know, with right. all the, the right. fires. Like, that's not me. Hey, uh, it's, and I don't. It's biodegradable, and it makes great fire starter. You could put out a hundred, you know. <laughs> I know people who've got stacks of those mailers in next to their fireplace, and they just use them as, ma you know, as fire starter. But you're right. I mean, oh. 
at what point does uh, hey you know what I I think I need to see a few more political flyers and political ads before I decide who I'm going to vote for. So what I told them to do instead was a lot more challenging, right? I was like, hey, just go tell ten of your buddies that that there is a normal guy out there who uh, who does an interview from a car at the corner of a gas station, right? Just a normal dude, and uh, it, the response has been amazing because about. Uh, 72 hours later, I started getting all kinds of new hits on uh, on my website and on my Facebook page. Uh, so it's obviously resonating. Um, you know, there's always naysayers. I'm a spoiler and all this other stuff. I tell them to get better candidates. Right. Um, you know. Well, that's, this is the same people that say, oh, if you voted for so-and-so, you wasted your vote. There is not a single wasted vote. I cannot tell you how many times that I have voted for the independent, the libertarian, the constitutionalist, the, you know, the the unknown Republican, whoever it is. And they're like, oh, that's a wasted. I mean, you know, you've you voted for, uh, you know, you voted for Bill Weldon Johnson for for, you know, for president. And oh, that's it's never a wasted vote. Now, they may not have won. But it's yep. not a wasted vote. I, I I make my choice and I did it. I never understood the whole wasted vote or the, oh, by voting for them, you got this guy elected because you voted for this one. You got this guy elected. That's not how it works. This is not a zero sum game. With ranked choice voting, that, that's darn near impossible because you can vote your conscience and then still vote pragmatically if you choose to. Right. I mean, that's. That's the beauty of ranked choice voting. Well, that's the one sil- the one silver. You and I disagree on this one, but that's the one silver lining on ranked choices that I can, you know, hold my head high and vote for my number one that I want, and then vote for number two and maybe number three because you know I could do that. But yeah, no, it's 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 one the one silver lining that I could see so far. There's two, right? I mean, we've got uh, open primary. I mean, without an open primary, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. Not not as a candidate, right? Uh, and now. It- you know, there's a separate issue. They kind of combined it into one, and I, and I understand that argument. But the open primary, if there's one thing we should take home uh, in Alaska and, and retain, that open primary system is the way to go, hands down. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I mean, yesterday we had Nick on, and he broke down how the the formulation of this ranked choice is different than what the normal ranked choice has been. And uh, and how they how they account for it and things like that, and uh, and I that's one of the first times I've heard that argument, and that was a really interesting thing. Um, and I know that you know you're in favor, and I know a lot of libertarians are in favor of. I mean, I'm not, but I know a lot of libertarians are because I believe in one person, one vote. Um, and and I I think that that's a, a challenging thing. As you look at this, do you think Alaskans are going to continue? Are they going to understand all the nuances of this, or are they going to look back and say? Mm, we need a do-over. We need to go back to where we were. You know, um, I'm not really sure. I, I'm not really sure. I I have my own reservations with ranked choice voting. I mean, obviously, I voted for it pri- primarily for the open uh, primary because it puts both parties on notice, right? Um, it, it forces them to think outside the typical politician, you know, mindset, and it, and it, it makes them work harder. Uh, which I, you know, I appreciate. Do I think they're going to change it? Yeah, I, I think they probably will. I mean, at the end of the day, those two parties contain a lot of money 
Oh, they, they hold a lot of the power for sure. Um, I mean, I would agree with you that I don't see as big a deal going on with the with the open primary. I do like to see more candidates, but in the end, when you have you know four or five candidates all of the same party in the general duking it out, that makes it a little more difficult to try and suss out the differences there. So, uh, but huh? I mean, people, that's that's the Republican fault. Yeah, uh, you know, you try to swamp the primary with 13 Republican Muldoons, like this is this is the outcome of it. Right. So in in essence, this whole ranked choice voting issue is a Republican issue. Yeah. The Democrats it out. Yeah. I mean, they eight people, I think, during the primary. And then uh and then the Republicans ran, I think, twelve or thirteen people in the primary. I mean, yeah, when you flood the primary with your chosen party, this is the outcome. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they expected Miss Sweeney to drop out in some crazy uh, fishing guide to, to slide in, right? Yeah, but, no, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I mean, it, again, a good, good for us. All right, Chris, hold the line for a second here. We've uh, got to go, folks. We're going to continue here. Chris By is our guest, broadcasting live from a secret, undisclosed location on the corner of Muldoon and somewhere in a pickup truck. That's Alaskan for you there. I love that. That's it. That's typically Alaskan. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, we're in the break now. Chris By, our guest. Um, <clears throat> no, I need those lights. Don't turn those lights off. What are you doing? Uh, Just looks like I got beat up in my face. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I'd rather see the face than see the dark shadow, because then I'd have to modify your voice and be like, "Yes, I am a, I am a whistleblower from way back, and it's all fine. It'll be a good art." Um, anyway, um, so I mean, give me, but you know, your, I think your big breakthrough was the debate. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I saw that, and I saw a lot of commentary on Facebook later on. Um, uh, the parts that now I'll be first to admit, I did not watch the whole debate, but I did scan through and watch a lot of your responses cause I wanted to see it. Um, yeah, I thought you did fantastic. And, and you know what? I think again, <clears throat> you exposed a lot of people to the idea that a common average, every guy, independent libertarian Alaskan could make a difference. And, uh, and I think that's, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. It- it kind of goes to that Overton window concept, right? You know, we're just moving the football down the field. So both parties are tracking that, that we are unhappy with them. Uh, we, it is unacceptable anymore to accept the status quo. Right. And uh, I, I, so I, I had a meme, someone made a meme before I even got off the stage uh, of me just saying, no, 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 no. So right. it could have been a little bit more. <laughs> right. But, well, you know, <clears throat> you get better at extrapolating that. You I mean you say no, followed up by all the reasons why. Right. I mean that that should be the not just no. I mean, I think at the end of the ascent when I was on the assembly in Fairbanks, I think by the end a lot of people would call me Doctor No because you know it's like that's all I did. Nope, nope. But I always did explain why. I always explained why I wasn't going to vote no and made the impassioned plea for everybody to join me. Um, right. But yeah, definitely. Uh, you know just definitely uh, problematic. Uh, <laughs> the response obviously has been good. And you, you mentioned, you know, not taking any money. Um, are you basically been funding this whole thing on yourself? Did you end up taking any campaign money? Did you get some, uh, some support and help? Took, 
Oh yeah, we took some. Uh, I get a lot of twenties and tens uh, and forties. Uh, um, you know, and then uh, a lot of it's funded. We we took a part time job to do it because uh, I couldn't work at my federal job anymore to do this, um, and that's okay. I, I don't mind. Um, I, I and it was a great place to work. Uh, great people, and uh, very very supportive, obviously. So it's been really, really good. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's no way that a third party is even going to remotely come close to the, I think the combined right now, if I'm not mistaken, is something like 8 million bucks, somewhere at oh, seven. Yeah, yeah it's got to be higher than that because I think Peltola's got five. I know Palin like, had two and a half. Baggage is, um, I know he put 600,000 of his own money in there, plus whatever he's raised, uh, plus the yeah. IEs, the independent expenditure groups. I'm sure we're all well north of 10 or 12 million bucks at this well, point. There, right. And so as a third party candidate, it's it's probably more beneficial that you have word of mouth and um, and just, you know, going through tennis shoes, you know, going through snow, snow boots here in uh, Anchorage. Right, right. They've got other options. Uh, you know, the status quo sucks. And if we're going to change it, you know, I heard a I heard a great guy named Mr. Church, uh, Josh, Josh Church, I think was his name. Josh Church, and he, yeah. We've 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 switched out forty percent of the players down in Juno, and yet we still have the same problems. And so, obviously, it's more than just switching out the players, right? I mean, we're all pretty right. confident of that argument. It might be time that we actually switch out the the platform, right? So we've got different players and a different platform, and you know that's what we bring to this table, right? We're bringing Alaska platform, not you know not rich people and right. not party platform. Alaska platform. And it's it's been pretty well received, right? Yeah, no, actually- I, I think so. And of course, you got a huge district to cover, and the costs of you know driving and flying and doing all that stuff. It's it's not an insignificant amount. So it's good to good to see you at, uh, out there at it. Chris By is our guest. He's been doing sign waving this morning. That's why he's in his truck because he's sign waving, and he popped into his truck to do the interview with us. We're going to continue here in just a second uh, and jump back into this. No, he's not ride-sharing. He's not ride-sharing. He probably could be, but he's not. Uh, campaigning on the ride-share. It's the, U- the Uber candidate. All right. <laughs> exactly. All right, we're jumping back into it. Here we go, folks. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right, welcome back to the program. Chris By continues as our guest. Uh, taking a break from sign waving, he's down in Anchorage right now at the corner of Muldoon and some unknown road waving signs at soldiers as they go to work this morning. Uh, and he's taking that time out to, uh, to pop into his truck here to have this interview with us, and we appreciate him taking the time out. I know it's a busy day today. Tonight, Lusak Library, you and Nick Baggage, right? Six, oh, yeah. 6 p.m. candidate form. And you're, you're the only two that are showing up, right? Sarah and Mary aren't going to be there. That's correct. That's correct. And, uh, you know, I reached out to, to both of them, uh, you know, uh, more the merrier. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think they're going to show. Well, it's uh, it's too bad. I'd love to see that. But you're going to be out there tonight uh, talking about it. Let's get into some of the details and some of the nitty gritty. Uh, we had some deep dives yesterday uh, with Nick, and I think that they're appropriate <clears throat> to talk with uh, you about. I mean, first and foremost, uh, the thing that concerns me most about um, what's happening in Congress 
and in the in the federal government in general is uh you know the the size and scope of the spend i mean we are spending m- more than we take in um and uh and and uh you know we continue to do so we continue to ignore it and the candidates the few candidates that speak out against it and say you can't keep spending more than you take in it won't work out mathematically they're, you know, they're treated like they're fringe candidates. You know, the the Rand Pauls of the world and the Mike Lees and the Tom Masseys of the world. They just look at them like they're from Mars or something, you know. But uh, Nick had a great line yesterday, very similar to a line that I've used for years. And he says, uh, you know, math doesn't lie. Uh, you know, math will win. Math, math will win. And I say arithmetic doesn't lie. Those two things are the truth. Eventually, you can't continue to deficit spend and expect that it's all going to be okay. Uh, the world markets will only allow for that for a finite period of time. And I think that we're coming to the end of that patience by the world markets as far as our, our inflationary policy, which is basically just to print more money. And uh, and we can't keep doing that. And, you know, we you'll make Zimbabwe and Weimar Germany look like a picnic if the U.S. dollar stops being the world reserve currency. All this to say, what do we do about the size and scope of the budget in the in the uh, in the United States? You know, I, I think this is a, a good opportunity to talk a little bit about science, right? To have a fire, you've got to have heat, you have to have and you have to have fuel. And I would say our bloated government is is that fire. And that, that fire is fed by money. And that's the fuel of it, right? And I would say the heat is the media and special interests. And then the oxygen side is our, our politics. And we we have been fed this this fear line that you know there's only two parties and only two parties matter and there there just isn't anything else i would simply say that in that fire example right with oxygen heat and and fuel those two parties have given us this this problem we didn't sign up for this when republicans want the money they simply turn without the without the debt blame they simply turn to Alaskan Republicans to vote yes with the Democrats. Right. They do it routine. They do it all the time. And every time our Republican uh, representatives belly up to the bar and give us this drug we call federal dollars. Right. And right, the math will not add up because so many people are now on, um, you know, COVID money or whatever money's left over right now. Um, and those people aren't paying taxes into the system uh, at the same way that a producer would. And so we're never going to be able to get ahead of this debt if we continue to give the same fire those politicians, right? Those same, you know, fire example of the oxygen is still the politicians. We have the same people going in there every time. We are not going to get ahead of this problem. Right. And it will continue. Uh, it'll, it'll get out of control, become a forest fire. It'll burn everything down. And then we'll all sit back and say, well, why didn't we do any brush clearing? You know, or right. why, didn't we- <laughs> why didn't we do something about this? Well, I mean, some of us have been warning about this for years. I mean, Alaska is the second most dependent state on federal spending, the second highest recipient of yes. federal spending. So what happens when that gravy train stops? I mean, this is a warning for our own legislators. You know, what happens when the free federal money stops and that gravy train stops? But more importantly for the nation, what happens when we can't even – I mean, Chris, we haven't even had a budget in this country in how many years? It's a continuing resol- – they have not put together uh, a balanced budget or an unbalanced budget no. 
in years. It's a we're on what year fourteen now of concur- continuing resolutions. I think. And and just look at the administrations that have been behind all that. You know what you know what I mean, Michael. I mean it's not it's not good enough to say it's D.C. Like it, that's not good enough anymore because we're sending those people there. So we've got to get past the party the party politics. We have to start putting people first. And you know that's the one thing. If if there's one thing to take away from my campaign and and Miss Mary's campaign is they we we figured out that it's the people that matter, not the party. And right. I don't like uh, Miss Mary's politics because at the end of the day she is a central planner and uh, you know a federal dollars type of person. I, I just don't think that that's the answer anymore. I think self sufficiency is the answer, quite frankly. Right. Uh, and in order to do that, we've got to remove the fuel from the fire. And that would be government spending, because if we can if we can reduce the amount of money going to government, then we don't have eighty seven thousand IRS agents. Well, we don't have hundred and twenty EPA agents. Right. You know, we don't have that junk. And then the local people hold those companies responsible if something is dorked up on the on the oil fields or in the mining district or wherever. Right. But the people hold hold those folks accountable or the state, Alaska right. state. Well, the problem with giving more money and more and more money in this federal expenditure continuing to grow and expand is bureaucracy by its very nature needs to justify its existence, right? I mean, that's just how it works. It doesn't make it evil. I mean, I'm not saying it's evil. I'm just saying government by its nature grows. Bureaucracy, by the same term, has to justify why they're there or why they do the things they do. To do so, they increase, you know, they they build more regulations, they build more uh, strictures and do all. And what happens is the more we spend, and the more government becomes inveigled in our lives, I mean, it 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 encroaches on every aspect of our lives now. And at some point, you're like, they're everywhere, and they're spending all this money. If we cut all that off, are you saying we just couldn't make it without you know government being in every facet of our lives? And obviously, the answer to that is no. We went for many, many years in this country without that, and we grew for many, many yes. years. We just, you know, it needs a pruning. That's the thing. It's like a tree. A tree will go crazy. You want it to grow in the right direction, you've got to prune it. We need to yep. prune the tree. So I think that's what separates my campaign from the other two parties, right? Because the other two parties, despite whatever they say, at the end of the day, they are central planners. Like that's that's how those two parties operate. And there's plenty of historical evidence to prove that, right? And you don't even have to look at the $31 trillion of debt, which right now I think is 31.5 trillion dollars. I didn't check this morning, but I think yesterday it was $31.5 trillion, right? We basically are going to grow a trillion dollars of debt in roughly over a month and a half. That, that's that's what it's coming to. There's so much money that we're wasting down the drain, and both parties are responsible for that. Right. And we're not even talking about the authorization of use of military force. We're not talking about the Patriot Act or the Freedom Act. We're not talking about their failure to balance the budget. I mean, we're not even talking about that mess, right? Both parties are responsible for that. Right. And, you know, I, I had a guy named Bill uh, talk to me yesterday. We were, uh, we were messing around at a street corner, and he, and he said, hey, Chris, you know what this is like? This is like uh, pickleball or tennis. We've got Serena Williams and Vanessa Williams on one side of the, the court. The bureaucrats have redrawn the line on that court so it's really tight and small, and the referees are all the executive branch. And Vanessa and, and Serena represent Republican and Democrats. And by the way, we're playing doubles and your double partner just got arrested for something stupid. 
So now it's you with a bigger court on one side against two professionals on the other side right. with uh, referees already bought and paid off. Right. Well, and I mean, like, this is kind of the dichotomy that you were talking about. I mean, this two-party dichotomy where it's only the only answer is a Republican or a Democrat. Um, and right. again, it reminds me of the meme of what if I told you that the Republican, that the right wing and the left wing were all part of the same bird, right? I mean, that's the thing, you know, the left side and the right side, it's on the same coin. It doesn't matter. You know, it's but, the red team or the blue team. They're all playing the same. We need to basically go in there and say there are other options because I can't tell you how many times I've seen a Republican go, I'm going to go in there and, and he goes in there and the next thing you know, he's part of the problem. I mean, it's Mr. Smith goes to Washington and his brain gets vacuumed out and a pod person is substituted for him in his place. Well, we just couldn't possibly cut the federal government. It wouldn't that wouldn't make sense. I I think it comes down to their, um, you know, everybody has their own fears. Right, Michael? I mean, I I have mine. I hate cockroaches like with a passion. Um, It's not even it's not even a fair fight. They, They get killed immediately. Um, but I, I think when politicians end up at D.C., their fear is not getting reelected. And so, you know, if you got someone like me who's already a predetermined, like you're only getting three terms out of me, partner. That's what you get. You get six years. And then I'm coming back to the best office in the world, right? The seat of my raft or my seat of my boat. Right. And that's what you get. Um, because then those people don't have the same fear of not getting reelected. And so I think that reelection fear really drives poor decision making because every time a decision, they got to look behind them and be like, oh, I, I hope that doesn't ruin my chances for next year. You know, but if you get someone like who's like, uh, no, well, <laughs> no. yeah, well, and look at who you're replacing. You're replacing Don Young. The old man of the Congress, right? 44 years, I think, 44 years in con- I mean, at some point you got to say, why, you know, this is supposed to be citizen legislators, not professional politicians. And that's unfortunately what we've, uh, what we've got. That's what we've got is professional politicians. All right. Um, hold the line, Chris. Got it, bud. We got one more segment. We're going to continue. Chris Bai is our guest. Taking a break from sign waving, joining us here to uh, hang out and uh, talk a little bit about his campaign. We'll continue with more The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thing and Radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, we're in the break right now. Chris Bai is our guest. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think if we could, if if we could get, and I think most people agree on uh, on the idea of like term limits. Chris, I know you're you have a self imposed term limit, but I think most yeah. most voters agree with term limits. Uh, the only downside I ever see with term limits uh, on politicians is, of course, that gives the bureaucracy a lot more power because they're not term limited out. So I think you'd have to have something in there where people would have to shift branches yep. or something. You know, you'd have to have something in there to shift the bureaucracies around every five years or something. Um, something, Michael. Um, but but politicians do not enforce it. So within the Office of Personnel Management, uh, I'll use the Army as an example. Um, They have a framework that career bureaucrats have to follow. And what happens is someone along that that framework decides, oh, I I really like it, you know, doing this job, 
right? I like sharpening pencils for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, who doesn't, right? But but that framework. Uh oh, we lost uh, we lost Chris there uh, for a hot second here. Uh, we may have lost the whole the whole thing. Uh, you with me? Okay. Looks like we lost the whole stream window. Um, go back over here and try this again. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Looks like I don't we mean to, you know, beat up on a guy who's dead. Right. But I mean, good example of the bureaucracy taking care of someone whom most of us were like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Why am I voting for this guy yet once again? And we all held our nose for the lesser of two evils. And when I'm out and about and I and I tell people that, the first answer I get from Republicans is, well, I mean, yeah, he kind of turned bad about 10 years ago, but we just kept voting for him because, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid and he had an R behind his name and, you know, I, I really liked his bolo or whatever it is, you know, they, they come up with. <laughs> right. And you simply, you know, and I'm, you know, Chris by one each is guilty of that, right? Um, yeah. We're going to try to make something different. And I, I hope, man, Michael, I hope and I pray that there are other people who will just take up the cause behind me. And I don't care what letter they got behind their name, but, but they've got to be Alaskan centric, right? And, and not party centric and not, not industry centric, but just, just normal people centric, right? Right. We need that for pretty solid, I think nine, maybe 10, 12 years to get this boat going. Um, cause it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, even if, even if the Alaskans are crazy enough to send me, right. I mean, we're, I'm going to bail this boat out until my dying day, we will be bailing this boat out, but it's going to take a lot more people, um, to get involved and vote. Right. And, and take part in this, this, uh, experiment we call America. And I think that's, what's really cool about our campaign. Like we really try to encourage people. Um, I threatened to give a dude a hundred bucks just to run. I'm like, look, right. if you got better ideas, you know, you're over here poking me in the eye. If you got better ideas, I will pay for you to run. For you to file. <laughs> I'll pay your filing fee. You go ahead and do it. Um, why is he in a car, says Tim? Because he's out waving signs this morning down in Anchorage, and he jumped into his truck to uh, to do this. Um, Chris, I don't know if you do this. I dropped off the stream for a second. I don't know. Apparently, hopefully folks can tell me in the chat room. I don't see anybody saying that we lost everything, but apparently I lost you in the middle of that discussion about bureaucracies. So maybe we should revisit that because I didn't hear, <clears throat> I didn't hear how the career track in the military is different. I would I would like to talk about that again. So um, I lost you for about 30 seconds there. Uh, I lost everything for about 30 seconds. So apparently nobody in the chat room, um, everybody in the Wait. chat room says it was all good. So everything was good from your end. I just couldn't hear or see anything. So, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, that's the first time that's ever happened, which is kind of weird, but I dig it. I dig it. Um, all right. So maybe we'll revisit that here in just a hot second. Uh, biggest surprise on the uh, campaign trail. What's been the biggest thing, the biggest thing that you go, oh, man, that was surprising and maybe cool or maybe surprising and bad what was the biggest thing that you got right there i got about a minute uh well um alaska is full of really really bright people i mean they should be sitting on this side of the camera quite frankly 
I, I, it's unbelievably how bright Alaska really is. And we always think about the grandeur and that's what makes Alaska amazing, but it really is the people. And that's, you know, that's not a cliche. That's not a politician speaking. That literally is what we have discovered. And they're so willing to come up with like really bright ideas. And we've consolidated those all onto the website, right? But I think what was the most amazing thing, um, I, I did not anticipate the money uh, thing very well. I knew it was going to cost a lot of money, but I, I didn't anticipate that. And I did not anticipate the um, the thirst of people looking just for somebody normal. I, I honestly, I, I ran because I looked at the kids that I was coaching and I looked at my own family and I'm like, oh, we're leaving them with 30 plus trillion dollars of debt. But the thirst that's out there the hunger michael for for just yeah it's tough all right hold the line chris we're going to jump back into it the michael duke show common sense radio here we go All right, uh, we're continuing now. Chris Bai is our guest. Oof. Uh, Bai for Chris Bai for uh, Congress, Libertarian for Congress. He's out on the street today. Uh, I mean, not like a homeless person or anything. He's out on the street today waving signs. Uh, he actually took the time out to join us. Uh, he's broadcasting from his uh, pickup truck today uh, with a bunch of volunteers out there waving signs and doing stuff. And we appreciate him taking the time out to come and talk with us. Uh, during the break, um, I had a little bit of a technical flaw there and I lost uh, Chris for a little bit. The chat room heard him, but I didn't. And we were talking about term limits because that was really the topic as we came into the break was you mentioned, you know, people being there. You're going to go for six, six years, three terms. That's what you're committed to. Nothing more, you know, and I made a comment about, you know, I mean, yeah, you're replacing a guy that was in this, in the Congress for 44 plus years. I mean that, you know, we were never meant to have professional politicians are supposed to be citizen legislators, but the problem with term limits, as I pointed out was bureaucracy. And you said, well, there is a solution to that term limits plus a bureaucratic limit and you you likened it to something that you saw while you were in the military uh give us the rundown of that real quick and then we'll get back onto some other issues sure just like a service member uh there are there's a framework for their career for their career and the same is true it's in the office of personnel management there's a framework that says you're going to be a, a nub for this long, and then you're going to go off and you're going to sharpen pencils for this long, and then you're going to you know go forth and do other uh, other jobs within that career uh, format. That that's already exists uh, in DoD in the Office of Personnel Management. A person can only stay at certain jobs for so long, and once they become uh, it's called KD in most cases, but once they have arrived at that um, you know, year structure, I've been at sharpening pencils for one year or two years, whatever that timeline is, their leader is supposed to start guiding them along that framework. And it's true for bureaucrats uh, in DC, that same framework exists. So we just have to enforce that. Um, and that really takes leadership, yeah. right? Because some people are really, you know, I like sharpening pencils for 100K. I mean, who doesn't? I have no responsibility except for this number two pencil and I get paid hundred K to do it. Right. And so what we've got to do is we've got to get a leader in there who says, okay, you're really good at sharpening pencils. You need to train the next guy to sharpen pencils. 
because you're going to be trained to make photocopies. Right, <laughs> right, be- or whatever the thing is, right. No, I mean, I think that's the biggest danger in in uh, term limits is that it, it empowers the bureaucracy. And unless we have a system like that that's enforced, that forces the bureaucracy to move around, they can't consolidate their power base for any more than two or three years. I think that is, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a good one. All right, so we talked about the budget. <clears throat> We've talked about um, you know, Congress itself. Um, you know, w- inflation, obviously, that that's, that's a factor of the budget. Monetary policy. Um, you know, Don Young was a rubber stamp to a lot of things that I thought he should have voted against because in the short term, it may bring the bacon home back to Alaska, which everybody's all excited about, right? Oh, you brought me the bacon, you know? The problem is, is that nobody's thinking about the long-term consequences of that, the fact that we are $30 trillion in debt and that our children's children will be responsible for that. So what, uh, you know, what, what do we do uh, as far as that? I mean, how do we how do we know that Chris Bayh is going to vote the right way on a lot of those things and not get subsumed by the machine, so to speak? Uh, well, no, I, I just let's take that portion first and talk about the inflation next. I think what's key to this is, you know, I've told a lot of people this, you know, the first thing I'm going to do when I get to Congress is get rid of all the dead animals and put in the biggest table I can find with as many seats around it as I possibly can. You know, that that goes back to my army days where, you know, it isn't so much consensus. It's having a voice at the table that builds a better plan. Um, And then those plans get... You know they get percolated and then they get refined and then before you know it you, you have a you have a plan of action that is worthy of conducting combat operations off of and i see running as a representative representing people not industry not government not anything else but people alaskans specifically i see that as a stepping stool for returning freedom and liberty to the people and not necessarily providing more money to a bureaucracy special interests and all the other junk so that that's kind of I, I plan on staying sane and and stable, uh, combined with the inability for DC to infect me long term because I'm only going to be there for six you know, years, extra. right? Yeah. So now talking talking you know tackling the inflation end of this, government spending is is the reason why we have inflation because it makes money worthless. It devalues our money. The more money that we spend without any value behind it, the more money we have to pay for bread the more money we have to pay for x y and z and then what what really exacerbates this is a is a really really poor energy policy because at the end of the day everything has to move from one place to another unless you're a local and you're using a bike or a donkey or whatever you're using to get your produce to the market but everything has everything has some kind of you know five degrees of Kevin Bacon to it or whatever, you know, that all links back into, um, energy into policy. The, yeah. And, and we're failing, we're, we're failing it on a long, long, long history of it, you know, and we've just got to get ahead of it. And, you know, I'm for renewable energy energies. If they work, if they are economical, go get them tiger. Uh, but don't expect any more subsidies to pay for a Chinese solar panel. Like right. I just, I, right. Well, and we talked about this yesterday. I mean, again, energy policies are important. I mean, I would think for national security that energy independence would be 
Prime. I mean, that would be a prime example, you know, a food independence, anything, anything that makes us less dependent on foreign uh, foreign entities would be a good thing. And especially since, you know, we talked about the migration where uh, we're going to shut down all this stuff here in Alaska or Montana or Idaho. And you know that that exploration is just going to another country that's not doing it as well as we are, that's not clean, that doesn't have the same regulations, that doesn't care about it. I mean, shouldn't we be focusing on American energy policy for independence? Not just independence, but if you really worry about child labor law, I mean, why would you not do this? If you're really worried about slavery in maybe a country that has Uyghurs living in it, why would you not do this, right? I mean, it goes back to what Sean Thorne said in one of you, in an interview with you almost a, uh, eight months ago, right? I mean, if we really worry about human rights, if we really worry about the environment, then we would be processing as much as we possibly can here in America where we have oversight. I mean, that, that just makes sense to me. The idea that we're gonna rely on a six or a 12 year old to dig up cobalt for every electric vehicle is just right. nauseating. No, it's beyond nauseating. It's beyond frustrating. It, it angers me. Like deep down inside, it angers me. Or we're gonna rely on Uyghurs to build lithium batteries at a slave camp. I mean, no, not on my watch. Yeah. Not, hell no. <laughs> we've, we've got to have that. We've got to have that energy independence for national security and just viability reasons. We need to have that. Um, you also bring a unique perspective and I'm running out of time here. So I got I need a two minute answer on this. You bring a unique perspective to the idea of foreign wars and things like that with your military service um, and uh, and where you come from. Um, what, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on what we're doing right now? And as Congressman, what would you fight back for, uh, when it comes to, you know, the, the, the progress and the, uh, presentment of, of wars or military action? Sure. I, I think the one thing I take away from being deployed in Afghanistan and Iraq is DC is more concerned about spending money than they are about sped, spreading freedom and liberty around the world. That, that is not what DC does. They spend money. And they spend copious amounts of money. And I would say, I, you know, Ukraine is a good example of that right now. Uh, I think they're up to almost $30 billion. And most of that is lethal aid. Most of it, like I think 27 billion of it actually is lethal aid. And all of that went to, you know, military industrial complex, make, you know, Lockheed, Boeing, whatever, you, you name the enterprise. But they are getting filthy rich off of this tragedy filthy rich and i just think that european nations can start coughing up more uh, i mean it's at their front doorstep after all so that's really what i i really kind of pivot on and it's not that i don't want freedom for ukraine that's not it at all but i just simply see the way that we're going about it we're just making other people rich and we're not necessarily focused on that freedom and liberty and there's right. a lot of examples right. and i would simply i would say you know our foreign policy has always been about you know that i'm not touching you game right like, you know, your little kid's like, I'm not touching you. And they're like, you know, okay, you're just annoying the piss out of me. At some moment, I'm going to touch you, right? right. And that's really in our foreign policy for years. I mean, that trip of Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan is a classic example of that. Right. Totally. Right. Obviously, to deflect her DUI husband and some other junk, you know, insider trading and things like that. But, I mean, that was self-inflicted. We did not need to do that. And, oh, by the way, we actually sold China oil from the natural, uh, from the uh, petroleum reserve, like weeks after that, like yeah. we're not even helping us at this. Moment. 
Yeah, no, it's it's some insane stuff. All right, we're down to the last couple minutes. You've got to get back out to wave signs for people who are passing you on the road. Chris Bay is our guest candidate for Congress on the Libertarian ticket. <clears throat> he's out sign waving this morning, and he's joined us here for just a short break. Uh, 90 seconds here. Elevator pitch, Chris. Where do folks find out about you? Give it to me. Hey, look, uh, you know, my website, it's timealaska.com because we thought it was time for Don Young to retire uh, and put new blood in there. And not just blood of the same flavor, but Alaskan blood, right? I mean, if we want the status quo, you have three candidates to choose from. If you want something different because you think the status quo sucks, there's really only one candidate you can choose. That's me. And I know rank however you want to rank. I encourage you to rank everybody um, that you feel comfortable with. Don't rank people that you're not comfortable with, but but make sure you've researched all of your candidates. My name is Chris Pye. I am just a fishing guide, and uh, I can take ta- I can take uh, you know input from the tower, right? From folks who've got good ideas. That's what we're all about. And I would simply say that it is time. It is time to go on a different pathway. And I understand it takes bravery. I understand it takes courage. But we can do this together. Chris By, uh, he's getting my number one vote. Nick Baggage, number two. Sarah Palin holding my nose and doing third. That's how it's working. I'm ranking the yellow and the red. That's how it's working. All right, Chris, thank you so much for coming on board and joining us. We appreciate it. Folks, tomorrow it's Firearms Friday. Be kind, live well, love one another. All right, Chris, final bite at the apple. Man, <laughs> my, I got new do shout out i know i said this on the first one but it, it's pretty pick and sweet to have listened to you and a handful of others for for years right i mean when i was wearing a different uniform right uh here i am like actually discussing policy and uh, a, a way forward right not the way but a way right and it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty humbling i'll tell you that right yeah no well i appreciate that i mean i think you're doing a good job and i just i love to highlight people who i think are trying to do the right thing that's the whole point here um but i want you to have uh, this is the final bite at the apple so if there was something that we didn't get into that you wanted to think or something we did get into that you want to go a little bit deeper on here i got about three four minutes um i'll just kind of give you the floor and let you uh, you know and let you uh masticate on it so to speak here for okay. a little bit and uh, get through it sure for all of your audience um the thing you need to know is i'm not alone point blank i am one of 27 other libertarians running for a an office. Most of those are at, at the federal level. Um, but here at the local level, you've got two fantastic candidates that that put the Republican and the Democrat candidates for their locations to shame, right? You've got the Eskimo libertarian, uh, Megan Trump. You've got um, McCall um, in Salaco uh, down in Anchorage. I mean, the, these guys are phenomenal thinkers. And they put freedom and liberty ahead of just about everything else outside potentially their family. Um, And they are just solid, solid people. And I want folks to know that, right? It's not necessarily a plug for them. It's an idea that Chris Bayh ain't alone. And, you know, we can get this accomplished, but but it takes bravery, right? It takes a little bit of courage to think outside of your political pathway. 
You know what I mean, Michael? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it takes a little effort. It takes a little uh, courage. And it takes walking outside the lines. I mean, again, we we mentioned this earlier where people say, "Oh, that's just a wasted vote." You got to stop. You know, you got to stop listening to people like that that say, "Oh, this candidate is a wasted vote," because maybe your candidate didn't win, but there's no vote that's wasted. And if enough people put that junk aside, guess what? All of a sudden, that candidate that they said was a wasted vote, well, all of a sudden, they're a viable candidate. I would say a waste a wasted vote right now would be anything that that uh that increases the status quo that that to me that's a wasted vote we already know both have given us countless dollars of debt it's going to take a century to pay that off they've already given us the patriot act both parties have given us both parties have given us hmos right they've they've monetized our health care that didn't occur before ronald reagan that's not how that right 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 prep act with with uh, george bush and that's why we can't go after pfizer and moderna for for vaccines. I mean, that's, that is the status quo. So if you want to throw your vote away, that's how you do it. You vote for one of the two parties. That is a throwaway vote. If you take a, a leap of faith onto somebody and, and that person fails, then, then you didn't throw away your vote. What you really did was you told the two parties that your concern outweighs the direction, the parties and the historical evidence, the parties have given us. Right. That's what that, because and it's moved all down the field. Yeah, because again, left wing, right wing, still the same bird, right? I mean, <laughs> we've got to we got to bust this two-party dichotomy and we're seeing it in some states again, more libertarian candidates as you said, 27 candidates across the country, more and more people and the majority of people first of all identify with libertarian ideals and second of all, uh in most places, the Republicans and the Democrats together are actually a minority compared to the independents who are out there and that's who we need to be talking to. Uh, somebody, yes. somebody said, where's Sarah? Where's Mary? <clears throat> They've all been invited to this program. Everybody's been invited to this program. You know who came m- m- several times? Chris By and Nick Baggage. Those are the two guys that showed up time and time and time again. Uh, Sarah's people were like, oh, yeah, we'll get back to you. I never heard from Mary's people, ever. They they don't want to come on here. They don't want to talk with you. Les Garrow is scrambling to come on the program. He wanted to come on the program and talk with me again. He's willing to do it. I got to give the guy kudos. He knows that we don't agree, but he still wants to come on and talk about stuff. I think that's fantastic. I love to talk to people that I disagree with in a nice, polite way. Courage. This huh? Courage. 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 Yeah, that's willing to come on. I think that's great. No, Sarah didn't want to show up. She definitely wants to go press the flesh at the outdoor show or whatever and and uh, the Go Winter Expo and shake hands and see everybody and take pictures. I didn't go over and see her. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're not going to come and show up on the show, why do I want to go over? This is not about celebrity. This is about getting the job done. Right? Right. It's about getting right. the job done. And uh, that is the, that's the thing. And uh, Go ahead. I think the last line, um, you know, one of the candidates stole my line that I don't have any special interests other than Alaskans. Right. I mean, Ms. Palin did a really good job of stealing that from the Ayoga uh, forum from me, but that's cool. But I think the, the point was made that every federal dollar has strings attached to it. Right. And those, some of those strings are really thick. Just imagine the strings that are attached to political donations. Yeah. Imagine a web of, of insidious control that political donations bring with them. And and I just want people to take a look at that, right? I mean, if we think federal dollars are bad, they ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. I mean, just, just look at those political donations and you can quickly see how re-election becomes an issue. And if you just take that 
that off the table and say term limits are the way to go, then you've you've solved part of that. And yeah, we got to get after the bureaucracy because wherever there's instability, there will be a, st- a stabilizing force. Yeah, right? that already figured that out with the Taliban. It, this isn't complicated. Right. So you're right. We've got to get after the Office of Personnel Management and work that framework out. I completely concur with that. Yeah. But, but we're never going to get there if we don't have the courage to put someone there in the seat. Yeah, no, and I love it. And again, uh, not a wasted vote. Uh, it's going to be, for me, it's Chris by one, Nick Baggage two, you know, uh, Sarah Palin three. Uh, I mean, no, it's, it's just what I'm going to do uh, because I can't, I, I couldn't stomach having Peltola in there for the long term. Um, I'm wondering if you and Nick are going to get together and hold hands and sing, I'd like to give the world a Coke kind of thing, you know, where you guys can get, because I mean, that would be perfect. Either one of you would be great, you know, right? I mean, I would love to see either one of you in there, uh, but I, I, I think that would be great. I don't have to answer to Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell. It's the truth. Hashtag. Yeah, hashtag hard truth right there that's it right there that's the hard truth all right well chris bye um thank you my friend good job congratulations i hope you enjoy i'm not going to make it into your uh i'm not going to make it into your candidate form tonight but i'll be watching on the live stream um and so that's tonight six o'clock at the lusac library in the wilder marston theater six six o'clock for you and nick baggage you're going to duke it out in a friendly fashion and then uh, in a friendly fashion. And then uh, of course, Kevin McCabe and Rob Meyer at seven 30 in the same location for the con con debate, which we didn't even talk about the con con you, you all in favor of the con con. You know, I, I really like it. Right. Cause it, the founding fathers for Alaska figured out that a living document is incredibly important because you can adjust it for the net, for the needs of the people. And I, I find that exhilarating, but after being in the, in the, 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 the campaign trail, the amount of money that's going to be pumped into this thing is going to be astronomical. So, you know, people like, you know, Frank Tomacheski, if he makes it to, to Juno, like those folks got to come up with a way that prevents outside money from influencing. It, it, I don't know how you maintain, you know, the, the First Amendment with freedom of speech and everything else. But if we're going to have a real live Alaska centric con con, then we've got to somehow figure out how to reduce the money influence. Because yeah. it's. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's that's important. We got to figure out a way to do that. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but I mean, we got to do something at this point. But anyway, I'll let you get back to waving signs, Chris. Bye. Congratulations, my friend, on uh, being up here in the top four. And I hope that uh, you know, I hope that whatever we do for you, that you make enough of a splash that it gets other people's activated, and uh, that we'll see you again soon in some other format. If for some reason you don't uh, you don't succeed here. We hope that you'll continue on this path. You know, volunteerism and service is in our blood, right? And that's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris Bai, uh, candidate for Congress on the Libertarian ticket. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. Uh, folks, that means that we are uh, we're up to the end. We're up to the end. We actually went a little longer than... I, but I don't care. It's my deal. I can do whatever the hell I want. That's what it's all about. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys coming in. The gold wave says Eskimo Libertarian. Yeah, Tony. I think that's uh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, Eskimo Libertarian uh, in the house as well. All right, folks. Thank you so much for coming in. We will see you tomorrow for Firearms Friday. Don't forget to uh, go out there and take a look at that. Uh, uh, to take a look at that link. Where is it? Right here. Boink. This is the short that I put out on Ranked Choice Voting. I need more shares on this. So you don't have to share this show. Share that show. 
I'm going to do another one today talking about ranked choice voting in the congressional race. And uh, I'll have a link to yesterday's interview with uh, with uh, uh, Nick Baggage as well in it, which was another great deep dive. All right, my friends, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you then. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show